Okay, hold on. David is just calling in now. Hello, Pastor Martins, are you there? Good day, Pastor. I'm well, thank yourself. Okay, very good. All right, so uh, I, I don't know if you got my message, but I wanted to discuss Matthew chapter uh, 20, well, here, I think it's either 21 or 22. 2133. Yeah, 2133 to the end. And uh, if you can yeah. have uh, your, your Afrikaans uh, Bible to compare notes, that would be fantastic. Right? So. That's excellent. And this is a parable of the tenants, also known as the parable of the householder. And it's a really clear demonstration. I mean, I don't, I don't see it could be any clearer how the, the tenants are, in fact, the Jews, you know, the, the, the scribes and Pharisees, who have taken over a possession of the kingdom and intend to kill the Messiah, right? That's what this parable is all about. But uh, the Judeo-Christians yeah. don't seem to understand what, what this parable is about. So let me just uh, yeah. st start by going to Matthew twenty-one thirty-three. Here, another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a wine press in it and built a tower and let it out to husbandmen, and went into a far country. All right, so uh, what do you think this uh, vineyard is? I mean, this is um, obviously parabolic language. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Pastor, yes, it is very clear that Father Yahweh prepared um, the path of his people um, now, w w while you were busy sp uh, talking, Pastor, I, um, how wonderful our utility has just restored. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> what came to mind, now this has been done since 4 o'clock, uh, sorry, since 2 o'clock this afternoon. So it's been all for four hours and the networks, for some reason, held excellent. But what I wanted to say, Pastor, is that what came to mind while you were busy talking about this, I realized that um, the temple didn't fall into the hands of the Edomites from Rome in the year 70 alone. Right. Already, if you, if you read the um, year from Matthew 17, 18, it is very clear that the temple had already fallen into the hands of the Edomites, the Pharisees, the yes. scribes, the um, and and that was why the Messiah was in a continuous contention with the elders. Yes, and they called them elders because they they imitated what was supposed to have been the house of Jacob, right. in particular the house of Yehuda. Amen. And, and that had been the, I, I am of the opinion that Father Yahweh okay. had, had allowed this to happen to show that the temple was only an interim phase, an interim, um, des, in, in, in his design, an interim because the people had to visualize the kingdom of heaven. And the time of the temple representing the, the kingdom of heaven had passed. And that is also why the temple had to be demolished, as the Messiah had so clearly indicated at the time with um, the, the, his disciples. When they actually they were in the temple, he cleared the temple of the uh, Money launderers, right? And he over, <laughs> overturned the tables. And 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 w what one must also know is that these Edomites saw the uh, the fact that the, the house of Jacob had to go and do not just homage to Father Yahweh, but also had to go and 
repent and bring offerings for their sins. And of course, they saw it as an opportunity to make money as they do with everything that uh, they can lay their hands on. Even the translation of the scriptures is nothing but a mere money-making racket. That's right. Yeah. A, a Jewish money-making racket. Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, there's... Yeah. There's, yeah. Uh, well, this is not actually part and parcel of Genesis 3.15 that uh, Yahweh planted a garden <laughs> for, for the Israelites to... Uh, ultimately, the Israelites, uh, the Adamites, to tend and protect... Exactly. Uh, and uh, but then something yeah. really terrible happened. Okay, the Edomites yeah. took over, as you're saying. The Edomites took over uh, around 121 BC after John Hyrcanus conquered the Edomites. He made a huge mistake. Mm. He invited them to become citizens of of uh, uh, Judah, not Judea, of Judah, by circumcising ah. them. And they yes. accept, accepted the deal. Exactly. And, yeah, and this is how the Edomites became the scribes and Pharisees that are being talked about right here. Yeah, yeah you're coming. Yes. And, and also, one must um, ne- never forget about the fact that the Gazarians also uh, adopted yes. Judaism, but they mixed Judaism with the Talmud. And that was also why... Um, the Messiah, when the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, started questioning, they they were actually causing a stir amongst the, the house of Jacob with their teachings. Right. And that is also why Yeshua actually said to them that um, they are uh, giving the, um, uh, the the teachings of the old people. And that teachings of the old people has always been the Talmud, right? Uh, what the, the the what the rabbi the rabbis called the verbal laws of Yahweh. Yes, uh, they man, maintained that that Moses, the the laws of Yahweh, was not just the laws that Moses had written down, but also the uh, verbal laws, which was not written down. And of course, that was where they uh, made the inways in uh, and and amongst the house of Yehuda, because right. at that stage already they the, the Edomites had uh, conspired with the king of Assyria to take the northern ten tribes into uh, uh, um, captivity, uh, into captivity, and and of course, well, well, I'm sitting with with books. I haven't opened those books yet, but uh, the theme of the, the books are, uh, first of all, the conspiracy of the Edomites uh, with the king Nebuchadnezzar to, uh, uh, to to raise the sword or to bring the sword against the two southern tribes, and then they conspired with the uh, king of Assyria uh, to raise the sword against the ten northern tribes. And every time it is a conspiracy by the Edomites. Right. Um, also, I have a writing which goes into depth about the conspiracy of the, the, the Edomites that were amongst the house of Jacob. Right. The, the house of Yahudu. They conspired with the Edomites in Rome for the um, breaking down or the... Uh, Raising the sword against the 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 house of Yahuda was actually enticed to stand up against the atrocities of the Roman Empire um, right. for un, uh, unabated taxes, etc. Right. And right. the house of okay. Yahuda said, "No, we don't pay the, these enormous taxes to the uh, Romans." And it was the Edomites who enticed the house of Yahuda to stand up against the Roman right. um, Empire. And, of course, that was because they had a conspiracy with the Edomites of Rome to actually uh, raise the sword against Jerusalem and also take 
all the gold and all the things, the beautiful things that were in the temple were taken to Rome. Well, it's a classic example of the Edomite Jews enticing both sides into war against one another. Okay, because Antipater, Antipater to Edom, yeah, okay, uh, uh, paid Julius Caesar a great sum of money to place his son Herod first as governor of Galilee and then ultimately so-called king of Judea. But he couldn't be king of Judah because he was not a Judahite. He was not even a a member of the house of Jacob. He was a member of Edom, right? So... This parable of the tenets is a part and parcel of how the Edomites have operated ever since this time, okay? Uh, Creating wars between their, uh, how should I, their dupes, their dupes on both sides, okay? Yeah. Which is happening Um, everywhere today, yeah. Exactly, exactly this time also in the year 70 when, uh, Caesar Flavius Flavius uh, Vespasianus Vespasian. Mm-hmm. When he was Caesar, he sent his his son Titus as the military leader to go and um, quell the uprising of the House of Yehuda. Of course, they were enticed by the Edomites themselves. Sure. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, but Pastor, what we're seeing in in South Africa over the past quite a number of years, is how the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners, they are continuously enticing the Boers to stand up against the um, the yeah. black government. Even before the, the hand over to the black government, uh, they were in, enticing the Boers against the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaner government that gave power Mm-hmm. That transferred power to these um, to the blacks. Right. Uh, there's always this enticing, enticing, right. enticing, and and of yeah. course the reprisal to that enticing is uh, for the Boers to. Uh, we've spoken about the the um, this Buramach's uh, case. The it was a, a a case that was the Edomites eleven years to find the the Boers that were involved in the matter, to find them guilty and mm. have them incarcerated for 10, uh, sorry, 20 years, 20 years plus. Yes. Okay. So I was just going to ask you, so the, the first time, the first Boer War against the British Empire, uh, that was not, enti- was that enticed by the uh, Cape Dutch Edomites also, or was that a spontaneous revolt by the Boer people? who were, of course, farmers, and uh, the Cape Dutch Afrikaners were not. Yeah, your comment. Pastor, I, I can answer that with evidence from the history and the written history, but the um, history which the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners have attempted on in various instances to eradicate, to remove, to hide. You must remember that they came to power. The Edomites actually took um, illegal possession of the Boer Republics on the 31st of May, 1910. Okay. So from 1910 to 1994, they had a sole hand in um, in in doing all the bad things with the the Boers to history. Yeah, got the blame, and, and the Boers got the blame. This is evident. Yeah. This is evidenced even in places like The Hague, even in places like Amsterdam, the history or the uh, museums or the archives of the Dutch East Indian Company, uh, the um, information regarding the Boers and the Boers' history as was recorded by the Dutch East Indian Company, uh, it is actually noted, or there's a notice that goes with it, that the information was, or should have been there, but it had disappeared. Right. Even in places like The Hague and Amsterdam. (laughs) Okay. And that that shows the influence that these Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners had 
um, during the time that they had control of the Boer republics. In fact, they still have control of the Boer republics. It's just that they have a bunch of puppets masquerading as a government. Well, so now, your country... Come your co- back to... Yeah, I was just getting ready to say, your country has had the same experience of these householders, Edomites, taking over your uh, your farming community and forcing you into under under their yoke, which is exactly what the Edomites did to exactly. the Judahites in, in this episode here. Okay, history exactly. repeating. Now, yeah. something yeah. to answer your question about um, enticing. Yes. And about... Um, uh, it was there any enticing by the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners? Pastor, the sad news as indicated by historical evidence is that the Boers encountered way back from 1658 onwards. Uh-huh. Every war that the Boers encountered... And that was even before they started tracking the Boers, every war that they encountered, which was quite a number, was okay. by the incitement right. of the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners or, or their Freemason or their Freemason English masquerading as, uh, yeah. Friends as, of the as Boer. missionaries. Right, the blacks. Right, there you go. Yeah, uh, and uh, Even, all, yeah, all of the enticement incitement was uh, created by the British and the Cape Dutch Afrikaners, and the Boers always got dragged into the fight. Well, Pastor, I would rather say by the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners, because even with the um, first Anglo-Boer War, the history that um, preempted that war. Um, the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners said that the British had come to steal, and then they say, our gold yeah. and our right. diamonds. Yeah, it wasn't theirs. It was the Boers' but, gold and diamonds, right. Yeah. But this is this is now the, the story. Diamonds was discovered by a young by young Boer's son. Okay. Uh, he saw this pebble, this this rock that had a particular shine to it, and it ended up with Jews in a town called, uh, I've forgotten the town's name. But, but, but the then fa- the Jews actually, okay. and this is recorded in history, the Jews actually threw it out in the street and said it was only a topaz that had no value. Right. Of course, what they wanted to do was go and pick it up afterwards, and they right. would have made thousands yeah. of pounds off that yeah. diamond. And that Boer farmer but, was named De Beers? The, was that Mr. De Beers? No, that that was still on its way. But okay. um, I recall that the person who actually took it to the Jews was a person – a Scotsman by the surname of O'Reilly. Okay. <laughs> so the Jews tried okay. to fool him by throwing it out so, in the street. Okay. Very interesting. So, so O'Reilly took that, uh, picked up that diamond and he took it to Grahamstown where there was a scientist. And this scientist actually identified it as a diamond with a very high value. Right. So right. that was – that was the beginning in, in, in of, of the discovery of diamonds. But when the Cape Dutch who had now been under the um, under the authority of the Queen. I remember that it, it was in eighteen actually in seventeen ninety five when the Dutch East Indian Company had collapsed. And the, oh, it, it was an orchestrated collapse, by the way. Yeah. Because it was a Jewish organization and they had the Dutch Dutch Reformed Church as a major investor. And the the people of Holland, major investors in this Dutch uh, organization or this um, Jewish-Dutch organization. In, in fact, it was actually run by Sephardic Jews and Kazarian Jews. 
and they um, orchestrated the demise of that uh, organization or that company yes. in 1795 and in 1812 because of the Napoleonic uh, Wars the Edomites transferred the debt of the war from England to Holland right. and they had to repay the debt and that was done with the money that they still had from the Dutch East Indian Company. So, but they didn't have enough. So they transferred the Cape Colony, which was under Dutch control. They transferred that to England and that, uh, then England took authority over the Cape in 1814. Now remember that between eight, uh, 1795 and 1814, which is quite a number of years, the Cape Dutch Afrikaners found themselves stranded. In fact, in those days, they were only known as the Cape Dutch. Okay. They had a very bad name because of the, the, uh, the, the dealings that they were doing with foreign vessels that uh, stopped in the Cape. Right. So they would, there were many vessels that would rather go down the coast of Africa to Angola. Right. And their next stop would be Lorenzo Marx in those days. Okay. In other words, from, from a, a Portuguese territory to a Portuguese territory, totally bypassing the Cape because the Cape Dutch had um, gained unto themselves such a bad name for bad reputation right. uh, in terms of business dealings and things, and untruthful and Yes. Um, Etc. Yeah. Even false weights Russians, and measures. Right. He, <laughs> really. <laughs> okay. Even the the French, even the French evaded the Cape uh-huh. because of the uh, the the Jewish dealings of these people. Right. Now, the Cape was also the the Edomites had such a. Um, a bad reputation in the Cape itself. Now, the only way in which the Boers could survive and sell their products to the Dutch East Indian Company was if they were baptized in the Dutch Reformed Church. Yeah. In other words, this christening was an absolute uh, requirement uh, for the the Boers to be able to trade right. with the locals, with passing ve- vessels, yes. or with the Dutch East Indian Company, with the with the vessels, they could only trade with the vessels with the authority of the Dutch East Indian Company, right. and they were extremely heavily taxed when they dealt with locals or with the local population right. or with. Uh, passing vessels, so they the Boers found themselves in a uh, what can only be seen as they were in a vice grip, sure, uh, under a yoke that they could only sell to the Dutch East Indian Company, right? Monopolize and at prices yeah, the, determined yes. by the Dutch East Indian Company. Well, whenever the Jews set up business, they always monopolized trade, and so that's what happened to your people, okay? And they did the same thing here to America. They monopolized trade by forcing the colonists, the American colonists, to use British uh, uh, money. They were, Even though the colonists were able to print yeah. their own money, the House of Lords and uh, King George and the Jewish Bank of England forced the colonists to use only British money. And when they had to do that, their yeah. economy tanked. It absolutely you know, destroyed the, the economy of the colonists. And that's the real reason why we had the American Revolution is because uh, the the Jews forced the colonists oh, to use that, the, British the, the, money. British money. Yes, right. But let's continue yes, now, here. Something else that, okay. Yeah, so, go ahead. Something, sorry, Pastor. Something else that must also be said. The reason why they enforced the British pound on the uh, pioneers and the uh, 
the, the, the population of uh, the United States of America was because they controlled the pound. Right. Right. Yeah, and they couldn't uh, control like pieces of eight and uh, Spanish doubloons and things like that, which were being freely traded and used exactly. as money in the colonies, right? So yeah. the, the next, yes. Now the next uh, verse in Matthew twenty one thirty four, and when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen, that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandman took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. So it sounds to me like these Edomites who had set up shop in the days of Yahshua Messiah were uh, the ones in charge of the yeah. of the uh, harvest, right? Just like the Cape Dutch Afrikaners were in charge of your economy down there. This is the parable of the uh, the uh, evil servants evil servants who had by pretending to be Israel pretending to be of the house of Jacob uh, had fooled the true Judahites in that territory and accepted their leadership without question which is what we have today in yeah. the world everybody accepts the Jews as being the Israel of God when in fact they are not okay. And verse 35, okay. and the husbandman took his service and beat one and killed another and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more, more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. So this is, this parable is about Yahweh sending his servants, the prophets, to our people, but every one of these ran, ran afoul of these Edomites. Okay? And, 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 and also the, yes. The Messiah, yes, sending his disciples, right, exactly, out yeah. to go and preach the coming of the kingdom, amen, to the house of Jacob. The, yeah. the, that were, were the ten northern tribes that had already gone into dispersion, and in, in fact, into um, Assyria, they they were taken into captivity, and from there they went into dispersion across the whole of Europe. And in Britain. Yes. So, and this is actually a very important parable for our time today because so many Judeos think that the Jews are Israel and will ultimately convert to Christianity, so-called, whatever, whatever that word means today. It doesn't really mean much today. Because you can't combine Judaism yeah. and Christianity, the two opposites, you know, the oil and water, they don't mix, all right? So, so uh, it, well, go ahead. Uh, the, the information that I have, Pastor, is that um, in the, the, with the uh, Council of Nicaea, it was the exactly the um, fulfillment of the prophecy of the Messiah when he said, I think it's in Matthew 17, where he said, um, beware of the uh, leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod, where Herod was a state uh, person, a state uh, representative. And, of course, Caesar... Um, Constantine also being a state representative and the only event in history that can be seen where the leaven of the Pharisees were met and in, in a mutual contriving of the history uh, with the leaven of what was then a state representative in Caesar Constantine. Now, if one... Um, uh, and the interesting thing that I discovered on this, Pastor, is while I was doing some research on the um, the Christian uh, holy marriage, which is called the Heros Chamos in Greek. Are you there? Yes. yes the Heros Chamos was also utilized by Caesar Constantine to obtain because he wasn't in the bloodline to receive the uh, to or to become Caesar of the Roman Empire. 
So he actually murdered his wife and he married somebody else in order to gain access to the lineage, to the <laughs> the throne of Rome. Right, okay. And and if one follows the events at the um, that took place with the Council of Nicaea, uh, which was a number of years, only a few years after the Council of Milan, and uh, then it was the Council of Nicaea, where in which even the name Jesus Christ was uh, by popular vote. I don't know if you have seen the history on that. No. No, because, well, uh, I'm well, aware Thomas, yeah, that uh, there was no J in the uh, Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, or or Latin, or... Uh, until 1524. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, uh, would uh, what name did they decide? It had to be something like Yeshua, Messiah, but Christos was the Greek version of Messiah. So, it had to be something like Jesus Christus. Pastor, the, the, some of the evidence that I have is that um, the, there were uh, groups in, in Babylon as much as 364 years before the birth of the Messiah uh-huh. that called themselves Christians. And that was also where Hare Krishna got that <laughs> Krishna part okay. of it. Right. Because right. that was the Sanskrit for the, the so-called leaders that they called the uh, Christs. Okay. Now, in, initially, the, the, the definition of Christ was not somebody that had an anointing, but was seen as one that was enabled to do teaching. And that was also in Babylonian teachings, which would not have been the anointing of Father Yahweh's spirit. Yes. Upon them as as pop, popularly propagated. Right. But what um, uh, I think I must I must share that information with you sometime because it's an extremely yes. how can I say it is a mind blowing uh, thing and the reason why they chose well if we if we look at the teachings of the Messiah when he was continuously interrupted by these Edomite Pharisees. Right. The Messiah called them hypocrites. And if you go into the true meaning of hypocrite, what we have been taught under Judeo-Christianity is that the hypocrite is somebody who lives a different life to what he represents or to what he presents. Right, what he says. For face value. Right. Different what he says. In other words... Basically, in church, you the one person, if you get out of church, you become a different person. Right. Now, yeah. <laughs> that, is not, that, that is not the true meaning of hypocrite. Right. Hypocrite is not something or somebody who, uh, who, who lives different to what he presents, yeah. but somebody who actually imitates and assimilates to be somebody else. Okay. And that is why we have in, uh, in, in, in Revelations 2 verse 9 and 3 verse 9, the reference from the, those that are out of the synagogue of Satan. Right. Who say that they are. Now we know that the Judah. scriptures have been corrupted with the word Jews. Right. But should rather be Yehudites. Right. Those that say that they are from the house of Yehuda, but they are not. They are liars. Right, right. Father, well, the Messiah, because in, in Revelations, uh, the first, quite a number of chapters, the, the, the first person speaking is Yeshua. Right. So he says that they are liars. Right. They call themselves to be from the house of Jacob. Right. Or they are purporting to be from the house of Jacob. Well, and be- Paul wrote about the same thing, I think, Romans, Romans 4, verse 12. Right. Paul writes and he says, not everybody, not all that are from Israel, that is in the translation now, not all from Israel are from Israel. In other words, not everybody that call themselves to be Yasharelites uh-huh. or Yasharim, 
of from the right. Yasharim. In other words, not everybody who calls themselves to be from the house of Jacob are from Jacob. the house of Jacob. Yeah. In other words, these Pharisees are assimilating and yeah. and if one if you go into the history books you'll find that the Edomites even assimilated the the Chinese and they became like the Chinese and they are ruling the Chinese today. Right, right. Or impersonating. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah yes, I, I do. Yeah, we were talking By about impersonation. that. Impersonation. Yeah, exactly. By, that's the title of my book, The Great Impersonation, How the Antichrist Had Deceived the Whole World. But even the word Antichrist, as, exactly. you're, as you're talking, actually means to take the place of not necessarily be to the uh, yes. uh, be in opposition to. They actually are in opposition to, but in order to fool everybody, they have to take the place of the Christus or Messiah yes. in, in order to really fool us good, <laughs> right? So that's really uh, the true something meaning. Something interesting as well. Okay. Something very interesting. If you come to think about it, if you go into the details of the the true details, not that propagated by Judeo Christianity, but into the um, historical evidence with the uh, Council of Nicaea, you will find that by definition, the created Christ from the Council of Nicaea, which was of course the the Council of the Pharisees and the um, every religion that existed within the Roman Empire at the time was represented at the Council of Nicaea. Yes. And they called them the anti-Nicaean fathers, the church fathers. Right. But those Nicaean church fathers or anti-Nicaean church fathers, if you go and look at how they referenced the Talmud, you can only realize that the anti-Nicaean Church fathers were actually Edomite Jews. Well, certainly some of well, them the were. Word Jew, I was. Yeah. Yes. So that by anti-Nicene, well, even the word, yeah, uh, the word well, there. By it, definition, then. Okay. By definition, then, Pastor, it would be that the Edomites created Christ. Right, he yeah, is exactly. Anti Messiah. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but the, the term. The true Messiah. Yeah. yeah the term I, anti I, I, there. I don't I, want to. Yeah, I, I need to throw in some I clarification. Yeah, there's a delay. We got a real delay problem here. Uh, but I have to uh, yes. insert here the anti Nicene is spelled A N T E. Which means before the Council of Nicaea. Correct. It does not, it is not A-N-T-I. Actually, after. Okay. Yeah, right. The after, after. Right. And so um, the, the church fathers the, the before. Anti, Go ahead. Yeah. If, if one looks at the definition that was actually decided upon by virtue of the popular vote, uh-huh. it basically means that the true Messiah is the Antichrist. Right. And the, <laughs> the, the Anti-Messiah is this created Christ, which the Council of Nicaea created as the interim substitute for the true Messiah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, substitute. Substitute is a, but it's an act. There's no doubt that it's an act that uh, and the Jews are probably the yes. best actors in the world because they've been pretending to be us for the last two thousand years, right? And that's the that's the story that of life why, for the last two thousand years. That is why that is why Hollywood is so successful. That's right, because it is a bunch of Edomites right? purporting to be whoever they want to be. They even and, purporting to be Nelson Mandela. They right. Even, and and well, he was a Jew. His father was a Jew. His father's name was Mandel, exactly. right? And he's just Anglo, uh, Africanized into Mandela. Okay, so let's keep going That's here true. because I want to get to the punchline here before we close. 
So let me repeat verse 36 again. This is Matthew 21. Again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. Because as you previously said, the Edomites were always involved in helping uh, one Israelite faction against another to kill each other, right? And even, even Saul hired Doeg, the Edomite, to kill many of his priests. Okay? What a horrible thing that yeah. Saul did. But the Edomites obliged, did they not? Okay? And in, exactly they did. And in Matthew chapter 23, Yahshua himself accuses all of these Edomite Pharisees of being guilty, at least guilty in part, of all the murders from Zacharias, who lived in his before him, yes. all the way back to Abel. So he's he's exactly. accu- he's accusing the entire Edomite bloodline from Cain down to the Pharisees. It's unmistakable. All right. Exactly. So here he says now. Well, well, okay, go is- ahead and comment. Go ahead. It's the same bloodline because uh, the Pharisees were, in fact, the bloodline descendants of Esau. That's right. And Esau married into the Canaanites. The Canaanites come from the Kenites, who were the descendants of Cain. All right, so let's exactly. continue, continue with this yeah. parable here. So, But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, They will Indeed reverence son. my son. Right, so this is Yahweh saying, "I'm going to send to you uh, to uh, my Yeshua. garden, Yeshua." That's what this verse is saying. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and and, exactly. and and very few Christians seem to understand this. But verse thirty-eight. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, "This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and let us seize on his inheritance." Now, if, yeah. if that isn't how they have impersonated, they, they kill the Messiah and then pretend to be the heirs of the kingdom. Have they not yeah. been doing this for the last 2,000 years? Something that else that needs to be said as well, Pastor, is that they create the atrocity. They have a um, what is called a a proxy force that execute that atrocity, and then they claim that the 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 um, that they were the uh, yeah, true heirs. Sorry, yeah, the victims. No, they they claim to be the victims. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Also, what happened during the Second World War was. Yes. Um, the Edomites, amongst the the, the 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 Edomites from the United States, the Edomites from Britain, and the Edomites from Europe, that and even South Africa battled against yes <laughs> the, the the Germans. Right, exactly. Now, it's, it's quite evident that there was it's, it's quite evident that there was an agenda because they had to do. I, I was still busy telling you about the. Um, uh, the diamonds and the gold. Okay. Uh, but the the first Anglo Boer War was never about diamonds or gold because the diamonds, the diamond fields, by the um, uh, uh, the the demands of the Cape Dutch, the British went and they annexed the diamond fields. From, they actually took it away from the Boers because the Boers had already taken possession of that land. Right. So they went and they annexed the diamond fields in the Northern Cape. And then the Boers, that was in 1960, oh, sorry, in, in 1866. Then the Boers started getting themselves together to, for a war. In, in 1871, they, they took up arms to go and uh, retake the Northern Cape territory that had been annexed by the British. Yes. Then Britain, initially I, I read, the Britain gave a, they, they negotiated to pay a, an amount of 65,000 pounds. 
Just this morning, I read a different report that said the, that Britain paid the Boers of the Free State ninety thousand pounds for that territory. Okay. So the war was evaded by the fact that the Boers had accepted that payment of ninety thousand pounds, or yeah. whether it be sixty-five thousand pounds or ninety thousand pounds, the war was evaded. Okay. That was in eighteen seventy-one. Okay. Why did the why did Britain invade the Boer republics in 1878? Yeah, why? Seven years. Because the Cape Dutch enticed the British Into by it. virtue of yeah. missionaries that were sent by the Dutch Reformed Church into the Boer right. Republics to go and yeah. do missionary work amongst the blacks. And of course, in the South Ponsberg and in the Right, and they are Calvinists, and these, who his real name was Cohen. Exactly. Yeah, okay, <laughs> right? Yes. And who said, a and little bit of usury is, is a good thing. And these missionaries sent to to Jan Hendrik Hofmeier, Onse Jan Hofmeier, false messages. In fact, they had wow. contrived and they had conspired to bring the Boers into bad reputation with the British. And that was the cause of the uh-huh. invasion of the Boer Republic by 1878. Right. And of course, in 1880, the Boers, 1879, they, uh, and uh, about 4,000 Boers got together and they had made a covenant with Yahweh. And that was called the covenant of um Wonder Fountain, Wonder Fontaine. Okay. And the subsequent year, they had a massive Boer event at Paardekral, and that was where they renewed right. the vow of the of Blood River, and they renewed the vow of Paardekral, of the uh, right. Wonder Fontaine, and that was called the vow of Paardekral, and on the very same day, the first Anglo-Boer War broke out. Yeah, and within okay. 10 weeks, the Boers, of course, had walloped the, the British back to, all the way to England. Yes, yes. Well, this is uh, Obadiah uh, uh, constantly, the Edomites comp- constantly coming back to life and uh, causing us to destroy each other. But here, let me go through the rest of the parable yes. because we only have about 10 minutes left. And, of course, we know in, Ma- in verse 39 of Matthew 21, and they caught him. This is Yahweh sending his son, Yahshua. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. Okay. He would have exactly. been king of Judah and of all, king of all of the house of Jacob uh, had he lived, right? But this was not the part of the plan. Uh, the, the two advents are, are part of Yahweh's plan to get get rid of the parasitic entity altogether. And verse 40, and when the Lord, therefore, of the vineyard cometh, what will he do to those husbandmen? What will he do to them, the ones who slew his son? Are they going to convert to Christianity? Let's read on, folks. That's not going to happen. Verse 41, they say unto him, now this is the Pharisees speaking. They say unto him, he will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits in their seasons. Verse 42. Now listen carefully, everybody. Yahshua saith unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected, the same as become the head of the corner? This is Yahweh's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes, okay? Therefore, say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. Unfortunately, our nation is still very small. We are still only a remnant, but our people are waking up worldwide. Verse 44, And whosoever Mm. shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him into powder. Let me just do the last two verses here. And when the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he spake of them. 
But when they sought to yes. lay, okay, <laughs> right? But when Ooh. they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. Okay, so yes. it will. They will not convert. They will be ground into powder. All, yes. Okay. They cannot they, convert. They cannot. They can never convert. In fact, what the conversion means um, in Afrikaans, it's called a bekering. Bekering um, is a turning back to that from which you had departed. Okay. And that departure point was from the truth of Father Yahweh's laws, his institutions, and his uh, uh, um, his, his commandments, and his feasts. The only way in which the house of Jacob can convert is by, or can, can be restored, is by going back to the truths of Father Yahweh's laws, Amen. commands, instructions, and feasts. Yes. So. Yes. Um, something else that I that I also um, stumbled over when reading about um, the Messiah's discussion with Nicodemus. Yes. The interesting thing is when Nicodemus had admitted that he had done all the things that were visible towards the. Uh, meeting of Father Yahweh's laws and instructions and commands, etc. The Messiah said to Nicodemus, one thing is lacking. What, is, what was that? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't catch, uh, I didn't catch the uh, gist of your question. Sorry. Uh, uh, please. Um, after, after Nicodemus had confirmed that he was keeping the laws he, he maintained the commands, the instructions, etc. Right. And it was the time of the feast. They were uh, uh, approaching the feast. So Nicodemus was in line with everything. Okay. Yeah. Yet there was one thing lacking. What was that one thing that was lacking? Well, it had to be faith. Uh, you know, Nicodemus apparently was a ritualistic person. No. Okay, go ahead. No. Father Yahweh, or actually Yeshua, said to him, one thing uh, you're short of, you're in the wrong bloodline. Remember, he was oh. a Pharisee. You're in the wrong bloodline. The only way for you to be uh, to gain the kingdom of heaven or to gain salvation was if you were to be born again. Right. And this whole thing of being born again, is being exploited by the Judeo-Christian churches whenever they change from the one denomination to the other. Oh, I have been born again. Right. It's that a new born again means that you, in order for you to qualify or for, or in order for you to have all these things of any value, is that you should be born within the correct bloodline from above. People word, don't realize this. The word anothen means from above. It does not mean again. That's the only verse in all of Scripture where the word anothen is translated as again. That's a horrible mistranslation. Yeah. I think deliberately so. Okay. Indeed. Yeah. Deliberate mistranslation. Yeah. Okay. But I want to repeat. I want to really stress here that what Yahshua is saying is that the scribes and Pharisees were the imitators of the house of Jacob, pretending to be the, the Jacob's uh, sons and daughters of, of the house of Judah. And that they are the husbandmen. Yes. They are the husbandmen that he's speaking of. Okay? And let me repeat what he says in verses 43 and 44. Therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you. They have taken it by force or by deceit, by pretending to be us. Yeah. And it will be given to a nation, bringing forth. Yeah, what nation? True, the true Israelites, the true Yasharel, the true Jacobs. And verse 44, And whosoever shall exactly. fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whom, by, by that he means shall be converted, and but on whomsoever it shall fall, mm. it will grind him to powder. Okay? This is a prophecy of the end times. Oh, when, okay? They will be destroyed. They will not that be converted. Also, Go ahead. 
that also that also correlates with uh, Daniel two. Uh-huh. Uh, Daniel chapter two, the dream of Nebuchadnezzar, and the um, uh, right at the end with the pulverization of this statue or this image, uh, and it also correlates with the book Obadiah. Right. Oh, I love Obadiah. <laughs> right, because it foresees the destruction of Edom, as do many of the Old Testament books. Exactly. Yet the Judeo-Christian churches utterly ignore that whole theme of Scripture, the destruction of Edom. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And you're probably aware that the Jews are now calling the white race, they're calling us Edomites and Am- Amalekites to, to further fool the Judeo-Christians. Right. Well, we know that they are the real Amalekites. Well, Go ahead. Well, pastor in South Africa, the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners are, uh, they are even lie, lying or laying claim to be the Boers. Right. As we have spoken about so many times. And they actually deny, in fact, they denounce any connection of the Boers were the de- descendants of the house of Jacob. They they get angry. They they become vile in yes. their um, the moment that you say that the Boers were the descendants of the house of Jacob, that the Boers um, uh, pregenitors were not Christians. Even they were. Uh, some of them had already become Lutheran. Some right. of them had become Mennonites and some of them had become Anabaptists. Right. These people become vile. They, they, they swear. They, mm-hmm. um, they become crude. Right. Okay. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> and <yet> they, <laughs> right. Yes. Even okay. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, even Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote about the Boers as Having or being very patriotic and having a dour fatalistic <laughs> Old Testament religion, right? No Christian denomination in the in the whole planet or in the universe, no Christian den- denomination denounces or re- re- uh, rejects the New Testament and lays hold of or lays claim to the Old Testament as their scriptures that they follow. So how could the Boers have been Christians if they only believed the Old Testament? Right. Well, they were forced to be uh, part of the uh, Calvinist school, okay? And that probably turned them off to Christianity as as we know it today, right? They got an early taste of that. They became became Christians – by what was called in uh, history books as the Dutch Inquisition. Okay. By force of religion. By force, right, exactly. The Blues became Christians. Okay, all right, Pastor, we have run out of time. Uh, we, I just wanted to make the point that there's no way any Jew can convert to Christianity because they are of that exactly. evil bloodline and they will be destroyed Amen and amen. Thank you, Pastor. See you next week, okay? Thank you, Pastor. Okay. Be blessed. Praise Yahweh. Praise Yahweh. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.